Hi, this is Jerrica Lala, and I'd like to welcome you to the season two premiere of The Popular Parallax. Whether you've been listening through season one or are just joining us now, we'd like to say thank you and welcome. The Popular Parallax is a completely in-house party. It's produced by me for you. Bunny Sunnydale creates all our delightful graphics, and Captain Nancy is the new queen of social media. We love the show, and with your help, we want to share it with as many passionate cadets as possible. Please take a moment to subscribe and write us a brief review on iTunes. This is a great way to support the show, and it's free. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. This time on The Popular Parallax. I've trained you to the point of death. If I leave you here, you die. Or you can be young always, my friend. As we are now. These sexy vampires are making me gay. A special Halloween episode. Hi, welcome to the Popular Parallax. I'm Jerrica Lala, and with me, it's the oft-whispered-about, never-confirmed-until-now, zombie love child between Benedict Cumberbatch and Michael J. Fox, Captain Nancy. Nance? Hey. You looking forward to Halloween? I can't wait. I've already got three different costumes lined up for one day, because, you know, I've oh got to make a change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> change will do you good. Yeah. Do you want to know what they are? Of course. So, I've got, a, like, a, a work... Halloween costume. Right, more functional. Absolutely, yeah. Function Business over fashion. casual absolutely. Halloween costume. Absolutely. Okay. And it's um, it's going to be Gia Gunn and it's actually just Gia Gunn's wonky eyelash. Are you, <laughs> you're full of shit. <laughs> no, it is. It absolutely is. I'm just getting a whole bunch of those, you know, those brushes that wipe snow off your car in the winter and I'm just going to like glue them to my body. I'm guessing your work environment is like... I work from home, actually. Uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's just me sort of rolling around my right. apartment. I can do a little like sweeping with my whole body. And then what's number two? Uh, so number two. So this is like when we go out to dinner, like a restaurant. Oh, right. It's actually just me when I say we. <laughs> just me. Actually, no. So it's me and I've got the head of RuPaul just coming out of my shoulder, whispering into my ear. How did you get that? Oh, I made it. I see. Out of paper mache and clay and a wish and a hope. And then the last one is I'm going as all five Sailor Scouts. That sounds pretty good. It's like it's, are you like with like five arms and five legs on your body? It's just a whole bunch of tearaways, just constant tearaways. <laughs> I've got to keep reapplying underneath. Right, like a hamster co- wheel yeah. of Sailor Moon costumes. Absolutely, I like the sound of that. What was your favorite Halloween costume you've ever you've ever done? Sailor Jupiter. Sailor Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. That's good. and I went full out. Yeah, full out. But it's because I had four other girls with me. Do all the girls like Bunny was Sailor Moon? Mm-hmm. She was a good Sailor Moon. She's, look good mm-hmm. she's got she the said she sounded it. legit like the, the noise <laughs> wait the sailor Moon crystal voice or like the original no the original oh, voice no. like where the mouth is like the size of the whole head <laughs> hey bunny sup you look good girl she found like boots like high like go-go boots and then yeah. i feel like she like cut the top so they were pointed and like we went all the way That's commitment. and she sprayed her entire head with, like gold <gasps> hairspray and then put it up in the buns and stuff. So it was it was really That's good. That's legit. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. And then we walked around the neighborhood looking like five hookers. <laughs> and people gave us whatever we wanted, to be honest, especially the men. We just got yeah. anything. Yeah, we that makes like, sense. We were like, can we have $1,000? And then we just get it. It was a good That's Halloween. That's amazing. Yeah, pay for your favorite like, Halloween. Fund. Wow. I would have to say mine would be when I was five years old. Oh, I dressed up as the Phantom of the Opera because... I was gay from <laughs> Why conception. Not? Yeah. And I just... Um, you just see your poor mom trying to make like a tiny mask. What we did is we, we <laughs> used face paint. Okay. Uh, which, spoiler alert, I hated face paint growing up. Yeah. Um, I had this like plastic... Because it's gross. It's so gross. I still hate and, and it that, right like, now. Oh, that like really thick, almost like chalky stuff. And then I had this plastic cape. I had this like big wide brimmed hat. So we go out. It's Calgary... 
Uh, oh my god! And Halloween, yeah, minus thirty. So of course I've got like my parka, got under like a my snowsuit cape. on. Under yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Absolutely hating this face paint, which is freezing, it just freezing to my face. Uh, we made it about half a block, and my cape froze and snapped off, and I demanded to go home. <laughs> That's an uplifting story. It, I feel like it's true to the Phantom. I feel like he would. It be... It is tragic. It... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you walk back to your empty room. There's just a little monkey playing the drums, and it's like the end of the show. Stare in the mirror Whatever as I wipe happened. off my yeah. mask and you're reveal my true You're self. silently crying the and like beast. like doing the auction part of the show <laughs> as a monologue. Madame the Monsieur. Some will remember the legend of. That's all I remember of the show. And I think I saw it two or three times. Yeah, yeah. It's, against my wishes. Problematic. <laughs> yeah. I grew up with it. Every time you see it, it gets a little dumber. It does. That's an Andrew Lloyd Webber show. Maybe we can do that. Oh, and and let's not. Let's not subject (laughs) our poor, poor listeners to... uh, Yeah. What about the movie adaptations? No. We love Halloween, and we mostly, of course, love the movies as adults. That's what Halloween's all about to me. We're fascinated with the concept of the vampire and how it's evolved mm-hmm. from just this scary monster then to this like romantic stud thing. Why is it always so gay when it's romantic? Because they're those cheekbones. I think when you become a vampire, it you just, grow these cheekbones and you, the gays can't help yeah, themselves. I think the whole legend that it's this bloodlust. So it doesn't matter what kind of person, mm-hmm. but it does, it turns into this lustful relationship mm-hmm. that can be of any gender. Yeah. So that's where sometimes authors want to push it. Yeah. Because Because it's often hinted at, sometimes they go all the way. Oh, yeah. It's this like, is it, isn't it? Well, it's, it, it's this, like, forbidden love yeah, yeah, that, you know, yeah. they know the, the gays are really going to latch on to because... <laughs> Bing bear! <laughs> yeah, right. And and I think it's been mined, yeah, for, I mean, centuries, really. Yes. The vampire lore has been yeah. around and popular. And I don't know how far back the, the sort of gay, like, under... The popular novelization, like, the, the 19th, 20th century mm-hmm. Bram Stoker... Mm-hmm. That doesn't really have that in no, it. No, no. But people just keep deriving from And I honestly, I think everything keeps being derived from that original fable. And I don't know if there's any way to really, really drive off that path. Well, I think it's a, it's a great starting point like yeah. for people to sort of... of what the thing is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then if you were going to go in another direction, like would, would the vampires be more animal-like? Right. You know, like are you going to go down... A path where they are more like beastly and they, they come yeah. maybe from a hybrid of monkeys and bats. Yeah. Are you going to go the other way and it's more supernatural, which we've also seen. So I, I think there's there's a lot to be mined. You know, going back to the, the sexuality thing, I think if I were a vampire and I was around a couple hundred years and let's say I was heterosexual. Yeah. There's, yeah, after You'd be a while, so bored. Like, well, what yeah. else is there? I'm like, let's, yeah. fuck it, fuck yeah. it. Anyone. It's not a subtle correlation <laughs> no? between think? the blood sucking and having sex. No. Sometimes they just combine them right together mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. But even if they don't, you're like, I get it. Well, it's interesting. In in one of the, the films we're going to talk about, they, the vampires, at least they're not shown having sex. And they don't seem no. to have sexual desires. And in the other one, they very much do. Yeah. Which I think is, is, is very interesting if, if that is a metaphor for sex or if it's just like that's what sex becomes Mm -hmm. this exchange it's still a bodily fluid exchange that happens yeah well i think that becomes the like fulfillment of desire that's all you're like you're like a million years old it's the hunger speaking of which lakma is a brahmin princess in india she has a slave named malika in a magical garden they sing how they follow the stream to its source, gliding over the water. Is it a love song? I told you, it was sung by two women. Sounds like a love song, and I suppose that's what it is. The Hunger, 1983, David Bowie, Catherine Deneuve, 
Susan Sarandon. Directed by the one and only Tony Scott, who would go on to give us Top Gun, True Romance, Man on Fire. I mean, interestingly, way more mainstream feeling than yes. this. Like, this is probably his artiest thing that oh, he's yeah. attempted. Yeah. It's a mixed bag, for sure. Totally but I do it... think he scores, for me, on some big notes. Absolutely. But it does date. Oh. And I think in ways that actually could have been cleaned up. Because yeah. I find the core story isn't that date. Like, if that was now, you'd be like, okay. No, it's really the tops and tails that do not feel like they could that be legit. timeless. That like, yeah. No, because I mean, I feel like this kind of movie, like the first, if you watch the first like five minutes, you're oh like, this is, this is bullshit. It's you a, turn it off. It's a music video. And That's then all suddenly it, is. it grabs you. Just somewhere at the like 10 minute mark, then you start going, okay. It opens in with this like weird Bauhaus glam weird torture <laughs> dance like it's it's it really is, it's literally Bauhaus they're in the credits it is no yeah. no yeah and that yeah. and the lead singer is there like thrashing against <laughs> it, everything is also filmed through this like chain link filter there's yes. just this like constant I've never been to a club like that where there's this weird mix of like people dancing and then other people standing in like geometric shapes it, it very much gave me like Pat Benatar music video meets totally. like Kate Bush meets Buffalo Bill. And also, I'm just sort of like, why are these two people at this club? And then you never see them at the club again. Because they're like, this is Catherine Deneuve and her concubine, David Bowie, Mm -hmm. right? So they've done a great gender swap. The head vampire is this woman, and then she's getting her sort of latcher on her as these concubines that she's made into immortals. So of course it's fucking David Bowie, because who else are you going to get? And I think that's that's probably one of the main reasons they, like, I don't know, I haven't read the book oh i think it's the main like that, that part would only is very that. minimal and they'd just be like we need a standout and then there's like a total shift in a hundred like it just goes 180 degrees in tone and style right after that and you never yeah. see anything like that for the rest of the movie yeah it is an odd choice because they set themselves up like they sort of fancy themselves as these upper class new york city brownstone okay they type. live in an impossibly large new like york a mansion branch. yeah i mean i guess she's rich because of her thousand year old past or but whatever how? Do, do you just well, robbing she, people she's, after no, she's... No, she was, wasn't she like an Egyptian queen or something? You think that would run out like 5,000 years <laughs> later, okay? Like that doesn't... Not if you invested. Uh, what and about I mean, inflation? Did what about really currency exchange? As, she definitely comes across a, a tel- intelligent. Uh, yes. But yeah, they're not making that money teaching like a couple of sad teenagers how to play the violin. No. And that's what you <laughs> see them do. They're like music teachers. It's so yeah. odd. But then she, the, uh, the teenager also calls them her friend. Friends. Like, she doesn't refer to them as well, her teachers. Be- and, I mean, they have this student, Alice, yeah. who you get... Once you sort of figure out what's happening, you realize that Deneuve is grooming Alice to be the next concubine, mm-hmm. for sure. But I think <laughs> Bowie figures that out pretty quick, too. Well, once he starts, so... Because David Bowie gets to be David Bowie for, like, 15 minutes, where he's, like, super hot, and he's with blonde hair and the weird blue and green eyes or yeah. whatever the hell he's got and then he starts having trouble right? so he starts like deteriorating yeah like he ages rapidly out. he's aging he's sitting in this doctor's office Susan Sarandon's yeah. lobby for like three hours and he ages like, like 30 years, years 20 years but yeah. let's and then Susan Sarandon mm-hmm. is this woman they don't know but she's been on TV because she's studying a correlation between like living longer and sleep like it's, it's never totally defined either but well, her, she talks about her the- book is called sleep Sleep and longevity. Sleep That's and longevity. her book. Because she talks about at the beginning, she's there's these children who have this rapid aging yes. disease. Which is a real thing. Yeah, and so she's studying that and the correlation between blood and longevity of life to see if she can like help these kids. And so David Bowie sees her on TV and decides to go visit her to see yeah. if she can help. So he goes in there and he acts like weirdo David Bowie. Like I feel like he just they were just like just be David Bowie. Oh my god, okay. No. I found for the first couple scenes I went and I watched them like two or three times just because I had to take so many notes because like that opening sequence is fucking bananas. <laughs> and then and then I just stopped going back because I was so just in I, I couldn't take my eyes off him. I thought it was it was he has barely any lines until yeah. like the, the middle of the movie I'd say. And it's all just these shots where where, where you He's reactive. He, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just yeah. thought he was really open and just I thought it was he, I was so invested he in does, his character. He does his job. Absolutely. For sure. They were very smart with the casting because what David Bowie has because he's been in a lot of movies sometimes he's up sometimes he's down he has presence 
radiating like the sun. Like you almost can't look away. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that I think that's part of it. And I'm not saying he didn't do his job. He he did, and he it is tragic. Yeah. You do feel sorry for yeah. him. The scene with him as the old man and the student alone oh my God. was mesmerizing. Yeah. And it does not end well. No. But it's still that was interesting to me because he actually had somebody to go back and forth with a little bit more. Yeah. And he's in that horrifying makeup the whole time too. Oh God. Like I was afraid when he was in the shadows. I didn't want even want him to come out. Well, you can see him trying so hard to push against these natural desires that yeah. he has. And it's it's with some Someone who I th- I think is one of the only people in the world at that point probably that he likes or loves or has like a human connection with. Yes, but his he's also enraged with Deneuve because and he knows. He's like I'm gonna that... fuck the rest of your life up, and that's one of the reasons the child does not survive. Do you think it's intentional? Or do you think that's that's like I think it's subconscious. I, think, I don't. Think I he... think he he's fighting an inner battle. Yeah, and I do think he would see it better without all that prosthetic. But he <laughs> no, I'm really like now once he's that old guy, he's then fighting through like five layers of prosthetic make you know what I mean you just and see his eyes infinite shadows and his yeah. his dialogue yeah. which is pretty good but that's what I mean like he gets to sort of be himself comfortably for a little bit and then the rest of the time he's in different stages of aging prosthetics and it does a lot it does it, it looks pretty does. good like when he goes to see Sarandon he still looks like pretty human he's just old he's got like the and David for, Bowie like for the time, structure I think it looks pretty good I don't think it looks like because I mean I've seen bad aging makeup like yeah. in movies and TV and it, they do a good job oh, hello when I'm a writer in Edward Scissorhands oh my god oh yeah yeah well there's a lot yeah I think and I, I don't know but they had a good makeup person and yeah. that's really all they had to, there wasn't much else they had to do no until the the horror scene at the end and really the ending is the only part where it's really a horror movie the rest is almost yeah. like a suspense movie yeah. with some scares in it like a drama suspense art house yeah. film yeah. I got an immediate like as soon as we were in that creepy old house I was just like Ryan Murphy owes these people big time because I just got the American Horror Hotel vibe off Deneuve like I was just oh like this God. is what he wanted Lady Gaga to be except she should have been like the David Bowie character mm-hmm. not like Sorry, La- I okay. love Lady. I adore Lady. I really do like Lady Gaga, uh-huh. and she did a good job. But mm-hmm. it was a lot for her. Oh yeah, to handle oh, on yeah. that show. Yeah, but they did a lot that to me was similar, especially using a piece of like jewelry to cut because yeah. she had this weird <laughs> nail that would come out that would. That would cut the person. Right. And they had these Egyptian onk necklaces that they would use to like (laughs) stab and then bite because I think they didn't want big sloppy teeth. They didn't want to do any of that. They kept Mm -hmm. them very, like they, and they made a point of showing like you could take their picture. Mm -hmm. He walked around in broad daylight, like none of that bullshit was happening. Well, and he isn't immortal. One of the main parts of being a vampire that we've come to understand is that once you become a vampire, you you yeah. live forever until well, you. Well, she is, and that's the, I wanted because, more of that. Like, why? Why yeah. doesn't he live forever? Why don't her companions live forever? He. Well, I felt it's because she makes it that way. Really? Because she says, "Sure, you'll get eternal life, but they're not going to get eternal youth because they don't die." She puts them in those boxes, <sighs> and they are alive. Like that's the whole loopholes. point. Yeah, legal loopholes. Yeah, like that is the scariest part. When she was the only thing they do with coffins is that she takes him upstairs, and so she carries this dummy of like eight flights. Because I don't care how skinny David Bowie is, though it's not him she was carrying into her fucking rookery with a yeah. bunch of doves. So she's she's carrying, but I did like that because they just did hint a couple of times that she was actually super strong even though she looks like this nice secretary rich lady yeah because she threw like sort of throws sarandon across the room at one point too so she carries him up 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 into this spooky attic and there's these (laughs) other coffins and she starts like talking to them like now you take good care of him she puts in his coffin and she closes the lid and his eyes are open he's totally alive and that was the scariest thing in the movie puts him back on the shelf yeah bye yeah and that's all of her former concubines are literally rotting to death but awake yeah oh my god so that's the scariest thing in it to me Deneuve was outstanding 
I'll throw. I, I bought I, it. Yeah, yeah, I, bu- yeah. I bought her as this like weird, creepy super villain that yeah. had this like rich lady. And uh, so she starts a relationship with this doctor, Susan yeah. Sarandon. And so you they know also when you just go innocently go to someone's house to ask them about science and then you fuck them? Honestly, it happens to How me. How many all times the time. all has the this time. happened to me? It's... And then your boyfriend who shouldn't have any whiff of an idea about suddenly acts super jealous right away, which I also found interesting. Yeah. Oh, you're not eating your steak at this like really fancy steakhouse. You must have fucked this woman that you <laughs> this see for three and a half rich hours. Lady. Yeah. How can you talk for three and a half hours? Yeah. Oh, blow me. I know. Harry. <laughs> I was really upset when Tom is. bought it. I was like, thank God. <laughs> the men, the other men in this movie come off real bad. And of course they do because <laughs> yeah. every other man next to David Bowie looks like a fucking pig. Like yeah. they're out of luck, right? Yeah. They yeah. are out of luck. This guy who I did, I sort of felt sorry for him, but he was kind of an asshole. Yeah. He goes, he finally tracks her back down at Miriam, the vampire's house. And she is upstairs literally dying. She's like foaming the mouth. She's going insane. And he's like, there, there. What's the matter? And I'm like, call an ambulance. What the fuck? There's this, uh, your fiance, girlfriend, I don't know, is yeah. in this woman's house, clearly in agony. Yeah. And like you, she's burning up. Like she's dying. You just pick her up, put her on the bed. Yeah, you, know, you just there, need a little there. nap. Yeah. He puts like a robe over her. He's like, yeah. calm down, crazy. Yeah, you're he's like, like, oh, oh, you're burning up. Here, let me put more fucking clothes on you. Take, you're a doctor, man. I know, right? <laughs> the men came off pretty bad. <laughs> I also, what did I see? Oh my God. Did anyone notice Willem Dafoe as one of the phone booth youth? He has like one line. He's like, yeah. hey lady, what's your problem? I was like, that was Willem Dafoe. That was Willem Dafoe. Just gonna write that down. And he's like five years old. Yeah. He's yeah. like yeah. 18 or yeah. something. Fresh out of preschool. But you can totally, I mean, that face. Oh, no, you can't miss that. You can't miss it. But I thought the ending, awesome. Yeah. And that's the only horror scene. Absolutely. It's really cool. So at the end, spoiler alert, essentially all of her concubines, she... Susan Susan Sarandon decides, like, she's not taking this. She knows what she's done to all these people. And now it's happening to her. And she's not taking it as well as the other ones did. She's figured it out. And she, she has to feed again. That's why she's, like, dying. And she hasn't, so she is some of Miriam's blood, but then she like kisses her and stabs herself in the throat with the onk thing. Right. So that she drinks, there's like blood going back and forth and it's like, you can't drink your own, like you can't it's drink diseased or blood. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so she's like, there, take that, Miriam. What are you going to do? So Miriam goes nuts. She's like running upstairs. She leaves her behind. Like she runs up and then they all start coming to life. And it's like thriller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's this zombie vampire. Vampires. Gangbang, kind of like yeah. they they all come. Yeah, David after her. Who's not looking good. No, and the none rest of them, of them are looking, are looking great. even worse. Yeah. they're like five hundred year old alive corpses. Yeah, and they then, give her a little scare. Yeah, she has this like five minute close up where she's just shaking her head and <laughs> screaming, slowly aging. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, went on she, for way too long. Yeah, they like back her into the railing of the stairs and then they and push then, her and she falls like flights and flights and flights. And that's where I think the whole close up of the aging. Oh, you're is right. Well, she's falling through you're the right. air and it is it's a bit much. It's a lot. But, you know, you do get the satisfaction of a horrifying. And again, I not death. Not well, I don't know because then once Did once, you catch that ending? Okay, not Susan Sarandon's death. No, no, I mean her, Miriam, as she falls, she's not, she doesn't die. 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 But then all of her concubines seem to like die. Yeah, it feels like they get released. They like turn into dust. Her power is so diminished. Oh, that she no longer has that like She doesn't have the hold because she's turning into like a skeleton. Right. That's, I'm just writing this. I'm just writing all the backstory. There's there's so many plot holes. It's plot holes, but it's also, there's something about it I like that's just like you figure it out. Okay, sure. Yeah, because also they they don't say the word vampire at all in the movie. No. Not once. No. So it is, there is a I lot of imagination. I don't think they even say the like immortal or anything. It's all just, it's Forever. all just. Forever. Yeah, it's all just hinted at. Yeah. It's so interesting to me, like, some of the movie is so subtle. And then some of it is just like smacking you in the face with a frying pan. Like, it's really <laughs> up and down. Mm-hmm. But what I really like, too, is that Sarandon not only survives, but she stays gay. Yeah. That was interesting, too. Good for her. 
finding herself. It's a choice they have to make, right? At the end of the film. Like, she could either be alone, which is very non-committal, or they could, you know, they have to... I don't know. I thought it was quite forward-thinking to allow her to, to say, no, I did come out... That was actually real. Then they keep it that way. Yeah. Which yeah. was a big deal. Um, yeah. And I think the original ending did have her die. Had them all die. Yeah. And then they changed it, as Hollywood does, to open it up for a sequel. Because... Oh, this thing's not getting any sequel. <laughs> yeah. It's not happening. It did, get, it did get a TV reboot in like the late... That David Bowie hosted. Yeah. And, I watched and, a bit of it. It's terrible. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's it's the same and, rules, none of the same character. <laughs> I'm not interested. We like doing these stupid hosting intros. I know. Where they show him like cutting up an animal carcass or something. And you're like, David, please calm down. Oh, David. Yeah, he's like, David. Did you have to? I, but I'm like... Who got him to do this? Like, he must have thought it was cool. Because it was him and Terrence Stamp. Like, it wasn't yeah. some shitty... But I think it was it just didn't, it didn't work. They should have called it something else. I was like, why did this have to be called The, the Hunger? Because no, it, it just sets you up for disappointment. Because you just yeah. want to see this. Yeah. Or I do. Well, my ending question for this, I think, was... What does a white girl have to do to catch a cab in New York City? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Serena is running around. She's like, taxi, taxi. I mean, I've been to New York and it is tricky to catch a cat. No, cab, it's not. But not that. That trick no it no. is it is because they're always busy but not that hard it's and really also not that. she's yeah it's 1983 yeah. these guys need a fair maybe maybe, maybe that's up. one of the vampire rules like you know sometimes they never don't show pick up mirrors. a vampire yeah yeah, yeah. they taxi drivers just Racist. can't see him just can't see him yeah yeah <laughs> Invisible yeah. to the she taxi was looking, eye. I loved her short haircut and her full-on like Luba like coat, Cindy Lauper Luba full foil knee-length coat with shoulder pads. The the all, all the shoulder pads in this movie yeah. are divine. Miriam can't go a day without a blazer. No, and who can? And I really, mean, I love a blazer. And Bowie also a fan of the blazer. They did dress like really rich English tutors. Oh yeah, except when they went to that. Club. Fucking club. And she has the worst sunglasses I have ever seen. They're like they're these, a combo of They're like, what you'd wear if you were a far side cartoon. Yes. Like they're these absolutely pointy they are. little tiny. They'd they're be like better Oakley's if they were bigger. Eye. It yeah. would have been okay, but they're these tiny things. I think And they, they have the wraparound style I know, of the but 80s. I, oh. I did find them a bit creepy. And I think that was part of what it was supposed to be. was just that they were weird. I found them gross. Yeah. And that made me feel gross. <laughs> I didn't feel good about it. I don't know. I sometimes, and I mean, because Bowie had some weird, the round sunglasses and stuff. Yeah, but it was it was the it was the cat eye, but the wrap. Yeah. It, 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 it was sexist. It, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they should have just switched. Yeah, then maybe. Liked yeah, their fucking sunglasses. That might have been David cool. Bowie. I well, feel like you would have liked them just fine. Maybe with his like Wolverine <laughs> mullet he had going on. Yeah, it might have looked a little better. She had these her hair. Oh my god, her the hair cloths, was gorgeous. Right? It's like these 50s updos they kept I'm like, throwing how, on her. Yeah, how, how would you, you you need, that's a wig, girl. She's just wearing wigs the whole time. Probably. I, like, it's gotta yeah. be. Oh, gorgeous. Well, she does take it down in the bedroom scene. Yes, and then Finally. when she like is fighting yeah. Susan Sarandon, she, it like, comes undone in, of course, a perfect way. <laughs> it's Catherine Deneuve. You don't <laughs> fuck around and make her look not good. I just, I do want to say the lighting in this movie is stunning. So beautiful. There's this it is. one of the scene with Bowie atop, and um, you gotta light David Bowie real good. With, uh, there's right? so much blue lighting. Yeah, that is is so beautiful. I think it's they're trying to make them look whiter, and I think that's why the light is so oh, cold because okay. yeah, it is yeah, yeah. cold all the way through. That but totally I think that sense. maybe helped them look sort of deathly. Mm-hmm. Still, still beautiful, but yeah. not yeah. Not well, as... so your red lips look redder and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Right. And all this like silhouettes and the shooting through the sheen curtains. There was a lot. There's a lot of blowing curtains. A lot of blowing curtains. <laughs> like curtains blowing. Yeah. As much as the light is good, the sound is bad. Yeah. There's so... And that, I think, if that sound was cleaned up, it would be 30% less dated. Yeah. The sound yeah. is ridiculous. They just echo stuff for mm-hmm. no reason. Like this... I don't know who was doing the sound cues on this, but somebody fired that guy. Yeah. Because it wasn't even just like the beginning and the end. There's weird echoes on the music and stuff. But then yeah. once in a while... They'll just throw in one in, like, real conversation. Yeah. They'll be like, why, 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 why? You're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, don't do that. It's like somebody got a brand new Yamaha, and they're like, oh, my God, look at all the stuff we can do with this. And it's just like, 
rein it in. That's what the 80s was. It was like, I look at all this new yeah, technology we have. Look at all we can do. Yeah. And then they just did but it. But it was used and they inappropriately. Went way too far. Yeah. And that to me is unfortunately, that's one of the biggest things in the movie that makes me know. Because, I mean, other than that and Susan Sarandon's coat. It's they're pretty careful. Like it could almost be the fifties. It could almost be you know, like it could be different time periods. If you took the opening sequence out, yeah, it would be a lot more difficult to pin. But I still, I mean, I personally would totally recommend it. It's an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's an hour and a half. Boom, it's a trip. It's it's some, there's some great performances. The actors really prop it up. Oh, absolutely. Those three, and I mean, I am not going to include David Bowie because I think without him, it wouldn't be what it was. No. But they really sort of make it happen because it's no. not that much happens in it. It's no, it not is really action-packed like whatsoever. Style over substance Big a time. lot of the time. And they sort of just make the story happen. Yeah. And they're they're all so watchable. Oh, my God. They make these long, dialogue-less sequences just... Work. Oh, yeah. work. Yes, Mama. Mama's gone to heaven, shall we? Like that sweet lady right there. They all go to heaven. All but us. Phew. Do you want to frighten our little daughter? I'm not your daughter. Oh, yes, you were. You're mine and Louis' daughter now. You see, Louis was going to leave us. He was going to go away. But now he's not. Now he's going to stay and make you happy. Louis. You fiend. One happy family. Still vampires. Still gay. Still gay. More <laughs> repressed. <laughs> Thanks, Anne Rice. Interview with a vampire. 1994. Director Neil Jordan, also of The Crying Game, and right. he uses some of his Crying Game people in this, not to great effect, but he does use them. Mm-hmm. Starring Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise and his horse teeth, <laughs> Christian Slater, and Kirsten Dunst as a as maybe one of the better child performances I've actually seen. Oh, I would Un- absolutely say like top five. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. It's like Gilbert Grape level transformation. It's E.T. It's, e. it's yeah. It, it's just incredible. Oh. So challenging. Oh my god. Anyway, so I watched this again. My absolute guilty pleasure because I know it's stupid, but I keep watching it going, oh, delightful. It's it's much more gross. And much more traditional vampire than something like the hunger. Like they go for it. They are like bloody, and they're like feeding like every day. It never stops. It literally never stops. And actually, the movie could be shorter. Oh, just put it out there. It never ends. She drags. Yeah, she drags. Screenplay by Anne Rice, who had never written a screenplay. And like, yeah, I can tell. And and if you go with the narrator style, then it's it works in this movie. But it does make your job a lot easier. Doesn't like Brad Pitt and his miserable narration. Well, his narration is not Ugh. good. Like I'm like, okay, well, let's just we'll run it down there. as quickly as possible. So there's this young man mm-hmm. who's the master of a plantation. It's New Orleans, right? New Orleans. Yeah. The city of evil. Like, I don't know what she's doing, but it's fine. Of course, it's New Orleans. His wife and his child like die. Childbirth. So they both die. Mm-hmm. And this is, it's like the 1740s or something. That's how it starts. He's all like, I don't want to live anymore. Like, he's such a whiny little bitch all the way through this. But here I have some, you know, okay, your family's dead. I get it. So he goes out, he's like whoring and playing poker. And he just, he's trying to get somebody to kill him. He gets into fights and he's just hoping somebody's going to shoot him. And he says like, I've welcomed You know, the the cowardly way to commit suicide. And then. Make someone else do it for you. This pretty, pretty man named Tom Cruise with these huge horse teeth because these teeth that they're wearing are all prosthetics. Yeah. Not just the vampire teeth, like the whole mouthful of teeth. Doing flippers. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Tom's teeth are already enormous. So then they put a prosthetic over that and he is a horse. Yeah. And he's like, hey, good looking. He gives him the eternal kiss of life. They Well, he goes like halfway there. He goes halfway. <laughs> yeah. He rapes <laughs> he him. He doesn't like, commit. It's a full... It really is. He is. He's it's a rape. rape. Flies him up into the fucking air. Into the air. Which is never seen again. Like that's... that's but it's, it's pretty cool. It's very cool. And then cool. he like drops into the water and then the next day he's all like, oh, I got bitten by some homo and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> like he's just wandering around. It's a real problem in like and 1740s then... <laughs> New Orleans. So yeah, I totally. keep getting bitten yeah. by the guys. <laughs> 
Tom Cruise is like, now you can choose to be my bitch or or you die. Like, it's not a very good choice, no. right? So he sort of gets sort of coerced into being this, like, Yeah, he keeps companion. talking about this choice. There's no, there's, there's no choice. There's no choice. It's a very much like an abuser's choice. Yeah, he's sure. It's, he's being gaslighted. Yeah. But he, he Look does. Look what you made me do. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go and they live in, I guess it's Brad's mansion. Yeah, isn't it, it is yeah. plantation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they go live there and Brad uh, cannot talk with this this uh, teeth and he's like, for all free men who can leave, I'm sad. And you're like, Brad, if the kid and the other guy can speak, what is, like, it's like, I have no energy to even say my lines right. Like, I want to punch Pitt in the face for this whole thing. But anyway, mm-hmm. he lets all the servants, I'm going to say, I guess they're slaves. Like, I'm really oh, not no, sure. They're, they're, they're slaves. Because he says they're you're free slaves. men. Yeah. He, like, makes the, he's like, run, run away. And, you know, Tom Cruise is, like, fucking taken off on a horse or something. <laughs> My favorite part of this whole movie, the whole thing, is Brad Pitt's like, <laughs> my life. And he sets his whole house on fire. He's setting every shit on fire. Like, he, he he flushes out the slaves. They run. Yeah. He sets the house on fire. He's like, it's cursed. Oh, we're horrible people. He sets it on fire. Very Tom logical, Cruise, rational. As, as Lestat jumps in through a glass window, he looks around once and goes, oh, perfect. Perfect. Like, he is out of control Incensed. like he is off the leash it's right so good he and he goes oh shut up Louie <laughs> he picks him up over his shoulder and they fucking fly away <laughs> it's so good I can't imagine the tragedy of this movie without him and I don't even like him this is the best thing he ever did agreed like he is delightful from start to finish oh my god and it's like, yes, it is stacked for you to like Lestat more, but Pitt just drops every opportunity. It, it, and you can tell he's sulking. He doesn't yeah. want to be in the movie, nope. and he's sulking. Like, nope. I still have trouble with respect for him because of this. And I mean, their personal lives kind of a mess, both of them. Like, I try not to count that. So if you're thinking, you know, Scientology and all that kind of bullshit, but putting all that aside, it's the unprofessionalism of like being like, I don't want to do this and letting it come off so obviously in your work. You have to at least look like you want to be there. I don't give a shit if things are going badly in your life. If you're sad that you have to do months of night shoots, like, did you, you I think I read the article that you mentioned because I looked it up. Yeah. Where he, it was like a 2011 interview and he talks about the way he's like, I was so upset that I had a stupid movie because my character did not have the thing, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, you were definitely the B character. Yeah. But there was so much you can do with that. But there was so, and also like he said, I called like my agent. I said, how much is it going to cost me to get out of this? And they were like $40 million. So I was like, okay, I guess I have to man up and do this. And I was like, fuck you. How about you just do it? Yeah. You're working with Neil Jordan. Yeah. How about you Tom listen Cruise. to what he is saying and let him help you? Because I guarantee he tried. It's because oh, yeah. Neil Jordan got a Oscar nominated performance out of a hobby drag queen for the crying game. You're he found this right. guy and he was like, this is the guy who yeah. can pass as a woman. We can do all this stuff. This guy had never acted before. Wasn't even that crazy. But, and look at the performance he got. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Like, you, you just look at the other performances in it's that movie. It's the best thing Tom Cruise ever did. And for so, I'd love to know what was going through Tom's head. Because I want to know, like, did he... I don't know how empathetic he is to what other people are thinking or doing. And that's part of being a superstar. But did he know that he was acting against a brick wall? Like, did he go, wow, he is not great. I've got to ramp this up more. Did he... Was he not... Like, did that make his performance even bigger? Did it drive him to just keep getting or better? Or what, like, what made it like this? Was yeah. it Neil Jordan? Was, like, how did Neil Jordan speak to him when he was asking? He goes for, he's like, I get it. Yeah. I understand it. And here it is. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the best things. I just feel like he understands it fully. One thing I will say for Tom Cruise is I think he understands style very well. And going in, like, any movie he's in, regardless of if he's great or if he's not that great, he at least, he commits. Like, he always commits. He does commits. commit. You yeah. can never he say that he, he pulls a Brad Pitt and just kind of, like, I, I've, I've never seen him phone it in, even if he's just yeah, gone. Yeah, he's definitely a worker bee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for and, sure. And this just seems to pay off. I think he, because you, you look at that interview with Oprah where he's jumping on the couch. It's that same kind of energy that he yeah. brings to Lestat, yeah. which you need, that, yeah, that like, charisma. Yeah, like, I don't care what I look like. Yeah. And I don't care what people are going to say. Yeah. Just, and, but the thing thing is I really rarely see him be that that thing where he jumps in the window that's not just 
the line isn't that humorous. It's making it, and he doesn't do that very much where it's just like a gut reaction to how to make something humorous. Like he's yeah, done stuff yeah. where he is funny and the lines are funny, mm-hmm. but this, I feel like he's actually working on an instinct that I don't usually detect. Do you sure. know what I mean? I absolutely do. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I also, now we've, we've lost the plot with the, the, the plot is endless. The, yeah. It keeps going. So they um, end up leaving the plantation. They go, yeah, cause it burns. They go into new Orleans because yeah. the plantations outside new Orleans, they keep killing the uh, Louis still refuses and, to eat. Yeah, he's eating like dogs and rats. Yeah, yeah, which is compelling, which is interesting if it wasn't Brad Pitt, who is... He just puts on the same puppy dog face for literally two hours. The same Like, I got sick sick of looking at him. And and so, 1994, it's the same year Legends of the Fall came out. Another film where Brad Pitt does nothing but, like, give a thousand mile stare. and, And I feel like it's just the year he forgot how to act. Yeah. There must be like something going on personally I don't know but it's just like these two incredibly disappointing performances somewhere in the middle the second half of the movie he slightly wakes up but it is slight yeah and I think part of it is like now I get to like run and do action and shit and it's just like yeah but that doesn't forgive that you couldn't handle dialogue in the earlier part of the movie and I keep feeling like it's this like I don't want to look gay like I and I don't I have no proof of that by the way no proof but that's how comes off to me well there i mean there's undeniably a homosexual undertone that's yeah almost but i an overtone feel like he's denying movie. it constantly and cruz starts trying to go hey it. baby and he's like i don't know you like the whole time yeah the, and it feels deeper than the movie it feels like he's just like i'm not doing this cruz is trying to play this like he's oh so flamboyant he is so over the top and i feel like he's just relishing in it but i almost feel like he's he's doing it partially to make up for the other guy sure yeah yeah because you definitely see this like you know, in the moment where they they bring Claudia home and she's their daughter now, and, yeah. and it's like, yeah, there should be this like married couple sort of like He's bickering going to stay here and make you happy. Like, <laughs> I mean, how is Tom Cruise getting away with a fake accent better than anybody? Like, I've never seen him do anything like this, and I'm like, if he has teeth already the size of a car door, why is his dialogue easier to understand? Like, I can't understand what Pitt is saying at the time. No, because he can't find the energy to move his mouth. No, because he's just around the, the teeth. Whole time. So he wants he, you to see his real weird big lips. He wants you to think he's gorgeous. And his lantern jaw just Ugh. hitting the floor. I'm just like, oh my god, you both have lantern jaws. Stop <laughs> worrying about it. Because I actually feel like for Tom, and he's like this is 1994 he looks gorgeous but i feel like he doesn't give one fuck about how he looks the whole time and that's i mean he gets awesome shit like he gets to like go down to a skeleton come back part of the way and it's he never changes in his commitment to the part no when he's playing the piano and he's he's like skeleton (laughs) he's like a a corpse and you're like oh that corpse is pretty hot like it's just coming through (laughs) oh damn those those diamond eyes just shining through right and it's fabulous yeah it shows me, like, looks aren't everything, because P- Brad Pitt is a Barbie doll, and I'm getting flatlined. It's really Nothing unfortunate. There. And, I mean, Kirsten Dunst, she should have won an Oscar. She didn't. I don't she, think anybody did from this, but she should have. Yeah. Because this is a stupendous performance. To go from, a, a, like, a 12-year-old girl, and then you watch her age 30 years, but still remain a 12-year-old a, girl, a but child. you believe oh, yeah. that she is that she's 30 mature. years older, yeah. and a vampire, and, like, and you see all these... And and oh and then when they the, the scene where she sees that woman who's like washing herself in the and window she's naked yeah. yeah and then you you realize that she she's stuck in her in in her body the same way that Louis and Lestat are but she's a little girl. prepubescent yeah like she'll never and have... we find out in the movie like you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed you, to make a vampire you're about not, a little kid you're not like there they yet. do all this stuff you're never supposed to do yeah and she commits the biggest crime. <laughs> But it is the greatest, oh my God. one of my favorite movie scenes, maybe ever, like top twin 10, where she brings home these lovely twin boys for Lestat to like eat. They've had a fight. They've had a big one. Falling out. Big one. And Lestat is such a bastard. Like the stuff he says to this kid. Oh my God. Them together is like music to my eyes and ears. Like when Pitt is sort of out of the way and it's these two dealing with each other. It is insane. It is so good. She brings home these kids for him to like eat. And she's like, oh, we're we're friends again. And I mean, he shows this 
tiny moment of like vulnerability like his acting in this is so exceptional i just yeah. can't say it enough because yeah. i've never seen it in anything else yeah even his big even rain man and stuff because it's, it's so it's nuanced. so nuanced it's like... and i think part of it he's responding to this kid who has just this natural god-given talent just radiating out of her mm-hmm. you can't help respond to it anyway he goes ahead and drinks these kids they're dead yeah she's giving them laudanum never drink from the dead no it's a rule and he starts to freak out and again again you should just watch this if you haven't seen it just watch it but he says he's trying to call for help he calls louie and says put me in my coffin and the little girl says i'll put you in your coffin and she slits slits his his throat throat. and he full-on dies right in front of them brad and of course brad there's like a quentin tarantino amount of blood oh my god i'm non-committally upset about this like he ruins everything like i still don't know how to feel he he does like he's just like oh oh like i'm just like pick a reaction and go with it like he does nothing fucking choice how can you not be horrified by what is happening for either one of them yeah right and he (laughs) and you see her little slippers like stepping away from this massive lake of blood that's coming at her which she just murders someone she's like and she doesn't want to get her shoes yeah like like, put me up on the couch oh god And anyway, and then they're, uh, she's like, hey, hey, I know what we can do. Let's throw them in the swamp. Throw them in the swamp. Why, why, why would, that why seems like a bad option. Yeah, you should burn them. Yeah. But they don't. They like tie them up and they're like, there you go, buddy. And they like throw them in the swamp. <laughs> and there's this crocodile. And like, like, like oh. I, I have to, like all the way through this, let's just say this movie's super fucking gross. Like it still creeps me out. Her hiding the corpses under her dolls and stuff. And the money in this seems endless too. Like the costumes are like the most used of costumes. The costumes are insane. So, Everybody so looks like a million dollars. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, they chuck Lestat in the thing. They're like, bye. And they're like, we're going to go to the old world. We're going to Europe. Because she's like obsessed with finding other vampires. Yeah. And just when they're ready to leave, he's like, oh, the coach is here. And it's this fucking Lestat's corpse. And you're thrilled because you've missed him in the 10 minutes he hasn't been in the movie. You're like, yeah. oh my god, this thing is dying. Yeah. It's dying. Where are they? In their like apartment or whatever? Yeah, they're in, yeah. They're in their house, I guess. But he finds them. Yeah. He just mummies his way up to that house yeah. and he's just like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, bitches. She goes right for the little girl who's mm-hmm. ready to tear her apart. They set him on fire and then they're like, oh my god. They run. They, <laughs> oh, bye. <laughs> bye. And then they get, on, has this pyro. they get on this boat over to Europe and some Somehow this weird plague breaks out of the boat where everybody gets eaten. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, and they even put... And he has... the Again, Brad Pitt is doing the narration and he's doing a terrible job because he's like, this weird plague broke out. Funny how no one knew what it was. And I was like, would you wake up? This is funny. It's funny. And there's not that much funny stuff in this. Skip your Xanax for a day. Go to your ADR session. It really is like he is sleepwalking. Yeah. It's very, very weird. It's like, and I mean, again, I've seen the movie. Every time I rewatch the movie, like every few years, it confounds me again. Yeah. It's like he went to an acting class, heard the term less is more. And just decided to take that and run with it. And, and yeah, you're not, not actually dead, else. Brad. That poor kid. She's probably like, "Is this what a good actor is?" You're like, "No, am don't I look doing away." Too much? Yeah, am I looking too? Oh my god! So they they find these other vampires starring the, the, Antonio the Banderas, who I also can't understand what the hell he's saying. But he's very very. At least he's charismatic. He's very compelling. He's not just beautiful. Yeah, he's supposed to be like the leader of this vampire theater troupe. The theater de vampire. Yeah, Armand, and I think that's a, a really interesting idea the theater of the vampires and apparently this was the thing that was done in Europe was that there were these troops who would they would sell these tickets to these shows and they would bring people on stage and perform these really horrible massacres on them but the audience would think they were just watching that was a show yeah, yeah just watching a play yeah and so they the they have paying audiences and they put on these nonsensical plays and then end up like eating and that's people what this on stage is. That's what this at is. the theater of the vampires. Um, and it is super creepy, yeah. kind of weird and gross. Louis in the audience, he's like, they're monsters. And you can see Kirsten Dunst is like, I don't, am I a bad guy? I forget how I should react. Oh yes, I, I don't know. Like she has, once Cruz is gone, she's like, somebody help me. Well, she has no moral compass. I mean, Lestat was much of a moral compass. I think but he was a leader. He was a leader, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it is just this weird, limp rag yeah and they're sort of gently gloss at a hint of what should have been a romance between him and the girl but they're really careful with it because they don't want it to get 
pedophilish. Yeah, well, because she right before they have their kiss, she calls yeah. him like her father. But well, that makes it like, to cue George Michael. So... Like what? <laughs> yeah, so he's just this like father lover figure, and I think it's sort of like if I'd grown up, mm-hmm. we could have been together yeah. forever. And she's very upset. She knows that the Banderas character is wants him, wants Louis for a new for like a companion. companion. Yeah. That's what they that's what they keep saying. Yeah, let's their be, companion. My God, let's get real. Like Honestly. what the hell? So she decides to go out and find like a new mom, and she does. And the mom is like, "Okay, make me into a vampire," and then like loses his shit, and he's like, "You have no idea." And then his teeth fall out. No, I'm joking. They don't. <laughs> He is very bitter about this film. He said the par- a character was very passive and he wanted out, but he needed to take further. It'd be like, okay, this is shitty. I don't like it. I don't like the character. So what can I do? Like find something you like about the character yeah. and then talk to Neil Jordan. Listen to whatever feedback he has. Like this, there's no excuse for this. No, because it's so I know, disappointing. And it's I am so not, listen, it's too, like I'm not a big Brad Pitt fan either, but mm. I know he can do better than this. Well, like we've talked about how I feel he's a character actor tracked in like a leading man's body. Because right. the, the, the movies that he, I think he's the best in, you think of like Fight Club, um, Snatch, where he's not reading. the lead. Exactly. Actually, he's I got think that a about Tom too. Cruise too. Sure. Because anything I've ever seen where he, like, I think, and I didn't love it, it's talking about a long movie, but remember mm. Magnolia? Yeah. He was like not the lead, but he was in it and he was in it as his flim flam That's his element artist, there. I mean, and, and he was believable. Like, he was one of these, like, Tony the Robbins. <laughs> he asked for it, he... but it was unavailable. <laughs> uh, Leo DiCaprio was wearing it as twins in Man in <laughs> the Iron Mask. Yes. He was like, it's my goat hair wig. It looks totally real. But I just thought he was really good in that. I always feel like, and again, Rain Man, it's always good when he's like the slight secondary. Mm. I feel like he's better. Mm. Because then I watch, like I'll watch like a Mission Impossible and I'm like, you fucking blow. (laughs) And he loves those movies. Like it's not like, and again, he he tries to commit, but he's awful. He's awful in them. Like it's so wooden. The problem with those movies too is they're like, let's people the rest of this cast with these like British. Actors who, and then they're just like, yeah. "Hello, Mr. Bond," and he's yeah. like, "What?" Like it, it's like this two different scenes, right? Yeah. Like it's terrible. This... And then you've got films like Valkyrie. Did you ever see Valkyrie? Is that the German Nazi thing? Yeah. How yeah. was it that? I really enjoyed it. It's I didn't Tom Cruise. see it, and I knew it was Tom, and it was it but was then... too bad because it came at a point in his career where people were really unimpressed with them. It was the whole Scientology shit and everything. Yeah. But... And then I heard that it was actually okay. Well, he's he's surrounded by Bill Nye, Kenneth Branagh, yeah. Tom yeah. Wilkinson, Terrence Stamp, Eddie Izzard. Like he's yeah. surrounded by these great actors, and he's not bad at it. But one of you did it. What you are, a vampire gone insane that pollutes its own bed. And if I cut my hair again? It will grow back again. But it wasn't always so. I had a mother once, and Louis, he had a wife. He was mortal, the same as she, and so was I. You made us what we are, didn't you? Stop her, Louis. Did you do it to me? Cruz and Dunst are just giving it 300%. Her tantrum scene, this woman who has lived a decently long life, she's 11, and you, you see this incredible And really looks like, door. she looks like a seven-year-old child. Like, I yeah. think that's why they cast her, too, is she's little the, the big blonde and hair, very petite. Yeah. yeah, well, she says, you dress me like a doll. Why do you, right. yeah, why yeah, do, you yeah. do that? Of course, Lestat does that. He thinks yeah. she is a doll. Yeah. Which is such a gay thing to do. It's this diva worship. It's this, oh my God. We'll never get anyone to do your dress now. What are you doing? (laughs) Never in your own house. Yeah. (laughs) God bless him. Like whatever stupid bullshit he's done. This makes up for a lot for me. When I watch it, I'm like, God bless you, sir. And we've talked about this too. Like even Bunny and I talked about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's when people get cast and the public is so disappointed because that happened in Anne Rice was very unhappy with the casting. And she very vocal. Very vocal about it. Let's go over what she did. So she was very vocal when he was cast. She then pulled herself from production, said she was not going to be involved with it at all, even though she'd written the screenplay and had planned to be. Didn't go to the premiere. Was sent to VHS by the producers. Watched it. Then did three things. Wrote Tom Cruise a personal apology letter. Took out an ad in Variety and the New York Times, I yeah. believe. Like a full page ad. Yeah. That was essentially like, 
I'm sorry, you should really see this movie. It's actually really good. Yeah, but I mean, why set yourself up to do that kind of damage control? I mean... I'd rather have a fight about who the director's going to be than who the actors are. Like, if you have... And I mean, that's a good director. Yeah. And once he's in there, you have to back off. Yeah, I mean, she was... Like, you look at other things that she had done for the movie. She was very invested in getting it made. The, the yeah. rights for the movie were optioned before the book was even published. Yeah. Um, it had been in production for a very long time. Different directors had come and gone, like Daniel Day-Lewis and Johnny Depp had been attached to points. Right, right. And at one point, she, because she was worried it wasn't going to get made. Depp would have been a good Louis. Depp would have been a great Imagine Louis. that. And then uh, she was worried because of the gay overtones with Louis and Lestat that it might not get made. So she even wrote a version of the script where she changed Louis to a woman. And the actors she were she was considering for that were Angela like a Houston and Cher so not really getting away from the gay vibe there no and no and there would, it would change the entire movie and I'm so glad that she didn't I'm do glad it they I mean didn't I would do it. I like the gay overtone like the gay overtone is interesting well and that's that's what the producer said and I think it was something that they maybe maybe they told Tom about more than they told Brad because Brad was maybe uncomfortable like it was a Ben Hur thing with Tom Heston like he was uncomfortable I will never not think that but then Sorry, you've but, got this almost... And I'm not saying he's a full-out homophobe. It's just different when you have to do it. It's it's a Will Smith thing where you're so adverse to it that you demand all these changes yeah. or, or shot changes. So yeah. Like in, and anyway, I think he was in no position to demand... I mean, he wasn't no. the Brad Pitt we have now. No, and He was no. in no position to demand anything. No. So he God. probably so just he, gave a shitty performance and that was his, his way like, through demand. it. Do oh. you like pain? <laughs> do you like death? And Christian Slater's like, take it easy. <laughs> I was just trying to ask you out on a date. Okay, Holy this shit. is a lot. And poor Christian in there with day's notice because it was supposed to be River Phoenix. River Phoenix and he literally died days before. And yeah. they were just like, holy shit, holy shit. And DiCaprio wanted to do it. And they were like, you're 15. You're not going to, I don't think he was 15, but he was too young. Would have been close, yeah. Titanic was 97. He's only like in his yeah, he was there. the early 20s. I think that even though that would have been great, I think he looked too much it would have been too much like, let's replace River Phoenix with somebody who looks just like him. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? It was yeah, too yeah, yeah. much. He could have been Louis. Fuck. Just, yeah. any, I'm just like anybody. Anybody, Literally please. Literally throw a rock at any <laughs> 80s actor and you could hit someone who would be a better Louis than fucking Brad But so they, they bring in Christian Slater and he's just like, oh my God. Like I can just see him reading the sides, like just going, okay, oh, I'm sure. you're yeah. in, no, just yeah. go. You're with Brad Pitt. Okay, yeah. go. And he's better. He's so much better. He has more depth of character and you barely get to know him at all. Yeah. Like he's just this guy. I don't even know if he's a real journalist. He's just like, I just ran into you and I have all these tapes. That's like it's thing, very yeah. badly set up. He's like, I was following following you following me following you and i was like wait wait who are who are why 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 <laughs> with the worst ponytail i've ever seen i'm like yeah. get a haircut oh, oh he can't he can't oh, get a haircut oh, you're right oh, that's yeah. why he has that stupid hairdo but he's put it in a ponytail he would totally which have looks, a man bun now he would totally have he would totally knot. have a man bun and he acts like a dick all the way through the interview because he's doing this terrible terrible like narration that's what the narration is is him giving this interview interview yeah. with a vampire and there's literally this one point where he's he's flashing back the, the little girl and her new mom they die like the vampires in the theater and it's hor- horrible it's scene. horrifying they get tossed into the sunlight and they like yeah. burn to death yeah and then you come back to him and he's like sniff and he like wipes one fake tear from one corner of one eye that they had to glycerin in. Oh, I'm just like, sure. wow, my heart. What? <laughs> I feel your love for Claudia just. Yeah, like he, well, he the has screen, the words, Brad. but I'm not, I don't get it. There's like, nothing there. There's nothing there. It's like an Emperor's New Clothes thing. You're just like, wow, you look great. And then you're like, oh my God, you're, you're empty inside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we feel that as director and actor or whatever. You yeah. just see the other choices that are immediately available yeah. in the scene. Yeah. And he's just shut down. And he's like got yeah. tunnel vision. And he's yeah. just like, get me to the end of this movie. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Because when you can hear the script, and even though the script's maybe not the best... Yeah, it's over the top. Uh, then you hear his delivery of it. You, it's just, yeah, as, as an actress point of view, I just immediately think, like, there are so many other choices of course. you could have made. <laughs> a choice you could have made. Tom, Tom like, takes it and makes every choice. He's every, like, whoa! Like, he's just... I want to see all of his takes, I mean, every, all the dailies. Only, but it, wor- and it works. Like, yeah. every scene he's in, he's just nailing it. So, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we're going to say about the ending. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, by the way, like, fix it. Yeah, see the movie. do yourself a yeah. two-hour and three-minute favor. You want to see this just for the Tom Cruise thing, yeah. but also yeah. for the Kirsten Dunst thing. Yeah, you can fast-forward through any Brad Pitt. <laughs> 
solo <laughs> which like, is a lot scene. The, but at the end when when Celeste comes back Christian is like oh my god I just got this amazing interview I'm gonna go to my car and for some reason suddenly he's rich he has this like red Mustang or something yeah I think he's on like, the Golden Gate Bridge <laughs> yeah or... and he's he puts the first tape in and you hear it was the 1700s and it's terrible yeah like it was in the movie and then our hero Lestat pops up leaves up the back of the vehicle like your worst nightmare if anyone out there is a driver yeah happens in real time totally he grabs Slater starts sucking on him like and, I just and the car's out of control it's instantly like crashing. started cheering I was so happy to see him again yeah and listen that's an actor's trick too is to make this sociopath person narcissist you love him yeah, oh my god you're in love with him and he's just and he's like oh oh Louie Louie I've had to listen to this for centuries. Still whining. Still, no, no. Still whining, Louis. <laughs> whining, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've had to listen to this for centuries. Let's, let's turn on something else. He's like, ooh, what's this? A rock and roll band? No, he doesn't say that. But he turns on the stones. He, like, fixes it's his sympathy little Sympathy for the sleeves. devil, isn't it? Make, yeah. yeah. Make sure his sleeves are nice and pretty again. He's pulling out his lace sleeves. And he and says... Slater's, like, bleeding in the, the Slater's seat. dying in the back. And he's like, I'm going to give you the choice I never had. Which is exactly oh. what he says to Pitt at the beginning. And you're like, yeah, why don't you make this fucking movie again with Christian Slater? Yeah, why can't Louis? this be the start of the movie? Yeah. Okay, we'll have Brad Pitt be, like, an A flashback if we need it. Honestly, we can read, like, fix it in post. Still whining, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> it is camp it's like it's, it's so delightful oh, yeah it is so delightful all it, it needs Brad Pitt removed and about 25 minutes to yeah. be honest like it yeah. the last half of the movie is tough because Tom when they get is to Paris, dead it's a bit by yeah. the time they get to Europe it kind of it does start to lose its pulse yeah it definitely does For, I mean, it's not too I guess it, it's not really the second half it's like the last third last it's third. not yeah. it's not the whole second half no. it's real tough to stay legit without Tom Cruise in the movie and that is a problem. Brad and then, Pitt had just been a little better. That whole last part would have been because I mean, poor Claudia, the uh, cursed nun. She can't carry it. She can't. She tries. She does her best. She, she really does. Fucking well she, tries. She kills it all the way through. But she's not in it enough. Like even no, there's so many after... scenes that's just Pitt and Banderas, and Banderas is compelling. But I, I can't understand what he's saying because not only is the accent, is the teeth, and then he's talking quietly. Oh, you've come from your America. Well, and oh, you're and so used to at this point listening to Brad's monotone, and 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 Banderas has got this really like sing-songy sort of like he, he's a Spaniard. He's got this beautiful voice, romantic, and it's just such a contrast. There is one I just I. I do want to point out a gorgeous almost kiss between Brad and Antonio and Antonio really goes for it. He goes for it. And Brad you can tell has been like has been blocked very directly but even like it still does. He does what he is supposed to do. There's no no human response. No it's just like I'm gonna put my head here I'm gonna almost kiss you and then I'm gonna like throw your head away. Yeah it's very it's like he was puppeted like which means when you have to block someone exactly what to do. Here's something I did understand. Your fall from grace has been the fall of a century. And then I put, thanks, Captain Obvious. I get it. Like, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, Anne, shut the fuck up. Yeah, you don't we need to We get what you're doing. Every, like, you yeah. don't need to... Neil Jordan is so careful that you see the world evolving as mm-hmm. their shit is going down. And then to have him say that, I'm just like, that's tragic. Yeah. And I was an actor, you're like, great. Like, I don't want that line. That is oh, stupid. It, it is, and I mean, he does it. He goes for it. But you... despite the faults with Brett, and it is a big fault, but it's still, thanks to the other actors... A very enjoyable I mean, it's watch. the it's the best Anne Rice movie you'll ever see. Queen of the Dam, that is bullshit. Yeah, didn't that see is that a one. Bad, bad movie. Yeah, but, and that exit to Eden with like Rosie O'Donnell and oh like bondage God. gear and stuff. Like nothing Anne Rice has ever done has been treated with the level. Of did this. they ever do like just because there was one of her novels, The Vampire Lestat? They never did anything Mm-mm. specific. That would be so. What they should have done immediately after that movie was make it with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yes. That's what they should have done. Absolutely should have. What so what they're doing as we talked about the the hunger getting uh, a TV reboot. They are in talks to do the same thing with Interview the Vampire with Mr. Jared Leto. Of course, I is, knew before you were going to say it. I knew it was going to be him. I mean, he'll be better actor. than the guy from Queen of the Damned. Do you continue on? Maybe they're going to use her other books. It is interesting when you look at how Anne Rice sort of 
sets up the parallels between a gay man coming out of the closet and Louis. Like, though, that's a really interesting parallel. You know, yeah. this guilt that you have over something that you are, that you can't control, that yeah. eventually you just feel driven to give into, and then the immediate shame and guilt that comes afterward right. and just right. fighting against it. And the Lestat is shameless. 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 It's and like, so it's just got kill these, them. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Just kill them. They're not, they're not. It's, it's who you are. Yeah. It's part of who you are. Yeah. You can't deny it. Yeah. So that's interesting as yeah. well. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but. I've told you once, I've told you a million times not to gas the place and set it on fire. But I guess <laughs> someone was not listening to me. Once again. <laughs> The explosion of vampires that then led into Twilight and the Vampire yeah. Diaries and True Blood yeah. and all these other things. The remake of, what's the movie I just mentioned? Fright Night. Fright Night. That's my dementia setting in. <laughs> the remake of Fright Night it is so good. It's like, with Anton Yelkin too, right? Yeah, David Tennant as the, the magician guy. Like, everybody in it is fucking awesome. Maybe one of the only reboots I've ever seen that I actually liked. Wow. Because it was adapted appropriately. I felt like they, they were like, okay, what can we do? Well, we're going to change a few problematic things. Mm-hmm. And they did fix some stuff, like how the mom believes this weird guy over her own kid. Right. You know, and they yeah. change some, they make the mom smarter. And, and it is delightful. Like, it's just a popcorn fluff, but yeah. it is delightful and it is scary. That's what you want. That's what you want. Thank you for an actual little slasher flick. Like, that's what we all wanted, and that's not what we're getting with this teenage bullshit. No. I mean, you do get, like, other sort of more art house films in the vein of The Hunger, like, The Only Lovers Left Alive. Yes. Which is cool, and I still like that exploration. But it's not mainstream. No. Interview was mainstream. I can't believe, actually, they didn't do a sequel with just him. At a time where, yeah. If it was made now, they would. Absolutely. They would be on that, like, a wet shirt. Six movies, spinoffs. Yeah. Maybe it's good that it was a standalone. Maybe another one would have wrecked it. Sure. It has a sort of little bit of magic that certain movies pick up, sort of beyond what you thought it would be, maybe when it was shooting. It doesn't look like a 90s movie. No, it's beautiful. Money did not seem to be an object. No. Because they went for it. Well, thank you, Tom and Kirsten and And Christian. R.I.P. Brad. Thanks for being there, I guess. (laughs) Thank you for being you on Percocet. Thank you, Tom. Weird accent. I'm going for it. This was our inaugural second season episode. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Captain Nancy and I will be back in November. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks again for joining us on a squishy odyssey through gay vampirism. Remember that blood is salty, so make sure to drink plenty of water throughout this festive season. Popular Parallax theme by Ken Chamberlain. Join us in November for the magical world of Disney, when Captain Nancy offers to take me on a carpet ride to whole new worlds, but I really prefer the feel of solid ground. Until then, be bold and have fun. Thank you.